Hello, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler. Today's very special guest is Vincent Jenna, who is a spiritual teacher, psychic medium, as well as an author and a speaker. His background is unbelievably dynamic and how he developed his abilities over time as well as a specific event that happened to him when he was 28 years old. I hope you'll read about his biography at his website, vincentgenna.com on the about page. I will leave that link in the show notes. So please check him out. He has been all over the internet. He's been on TV. He's been on the radio. He is still uh, doing podcasts as well. So please check him out. He's got some amazing, amazing stories. And I hope that you will enjoy the show today about father's intuition and what exactly that is. Hello, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler. And today we have an amazing guest for our Father's Day special. We are recording this right before Father's Day. And we have Vincent Jenna with us, who is going to tell us about father's intuition. So, uh, Vincent, please introduce yourself. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Mary Jo, for having me. Yes, um, I am actually living currently in Holly Springs, near the Raleigh area of North Carolina. Yes, and even though you will tell very shortly uh, by my accent that I'm not originally from here, (laughs) I'm from the New York area, (laughs) and uh, we moved, my wife and I moved here about 26 years ago. And I have been doing psychic therapy and mediumship work and spiritual teaching for over 38 years now. And I do that out of North Carolina, but started it way back in New Jersey. We were living there for a while, and that's where it all began when I was 28 years old. Uh, This unbelievable paranormal spiritual event awakening, whatever anybody wants to call it, occurred with me all because I wanted to help a friend and didn't know how. And so since I've been developing all of these abilities and communicating with your soul and the past, present and the future and communicating with deceased loved ones and then communicating with animals and then communicating with with beings from other worlds. And, oh, I don't know what uh, the only person that I can communicate great with is my own wife. No, that's not true. She'll <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, it's it's very easy to communicate with anything other than um, uh, human form. It's really interesting, the present. But I actually went back to school to learn more about that. And I got my psychotherapy degree so that I can add that to my abilities and gain a little bit more insight about that human brain and mind and, and psyche that I go diving in as a psychic. So that's basically my very um, Reader's Digest just a bridge version of myself, Mary Jo. So I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, we'll have links to your website so that people can read more about you because your your biography on your uh, website is very robust. So I hope people will check that out. So tell me, I do have a question before we sort of jump into the topic. How? What is the difference between mediumship and being psychic? Oh, what a great question, because so few people ask that question. Okay, it actually is very simple. Uh, Psychic ability gives you the ability to see linear time in a person's life. So in other words, I can tap into a person's past, present 
and future and past can go way back as far as other past lives as well. That's what a psychic does. So it's very linear, shall we say. Now, as a medium, I travel beyond this earthly plane into another dimension where all our souls go once we leave the physical dimension and the physical body. And so I connect with actual spirits and deceased loved ones and guides and angels and ascended masters and and even spirit itself you can connect to as a medium on that side and i can see them and they can talk with me and communicate and they and i'm an evidential medium which is more like those in the uk they practice a type of mediumship where they require evidence forms and pieces of evidence from the spirit that they're talking with so that way the person you're making the connection for the living person can know by un no uncertain terms that you have got their loved one what you have got the person that they know because you're giving them pieces of evidence um, and so it is different, though. What's interesting, there are a lot of psychics who are great but can't do mediumship. They don't go that far. But every medium is a psychic. So sometimes as a medium, you might be getting information that is actually psychic information like because um, every person, every soul, every spirit has a record of everything that they've done in their lives all about them. And uh, some call it the Akashic Records. Carl Jung called it the collective unconscious or the mind of God. But there's a place that we go as a psychic to tap into all of your linear information. And as a medium, you can also pick up some information about a deceased loved one that way. So it's really important as um, a psychic medium to know what you're actually picking up. Uh, so if you are really good as a medium, you can almost make that spirit come alive and you can know what that person can know and feel the energy again of that spirit. So that's basically what I do. And that's the difference between the two uh, fields. Oh, wow. Thank you for that explanation. I've never heard that. I, I, I knew that mediumship was more like feeling versus the psychic, which is the messages, I guess. But the way you you um, explained it was was really great. Thank you so much. Sure. So kind yeah. of along um, along that line. So we have Father's Day coming up and and, um, and a lot of the listeners are moms. And we know a little bit about mom's intuition, which I think people would maybe say is a little bit psychic, but a little bit also logic. Right. When a toddler is quiet, there's probably a problem it's not a psychic ability to know that they, they shouldn't be quiet right like in the other room and you don't know what they're doing um so there's that mom's intuition but tell us a little bit about what you're you're thinking with what is mom's intuition versus what what a dad could tap into or what other family members could tap into oh that's a that the way you put that all is very interesting so i'm going to work around exactly what you said okay logic and reasoning we've got both an intellect mind 
and an intuitive mind. One is in the left brain, the intellect mind is in the left brain, Mary Jo, and the intuitive mind is in the right brain. And throughout all our lives, from our birth, we use both, and we're supposed to use both. So in other words, you get an intuitive feeling actually first. Every human being will always get an intuitive feeling first. Um, and the proof of that is look at um, the way we grew and evolved as beings. It, it took a long time for the mind and the brain to evolve, evolve to a higher intellect. So most of what that we were doing in the very beginning was based strictly on intuition. Um, it wasn't based upon logic. Now, I am going to reverse something on you. It'll almost sound like I'm correcting what you said, but actually when a mother is, is in the kitchen making dinner and the children upstairs, the right in the middle of her cutting carrots, she may <laughs> get a feeling, ooh, the kids are too quiet. Actually, mm -hmm. she got a strange feeling first. Right. And then the logic kicked in and said, what is that that I'm feeling? And it put an answer to it. The kids are quiet. So the intuition comes first because that's what interrupts everything. Now, it's up to us to listen. And so that you know from now that you understand and distinguish the difference, the intuition always speaks first. And every soul, every being, every human on this planet has intuition. If we didn't, we would not have existed over 11,000 years. It's <laughs> intuition that has kept us alive. And without it, we wouldn't exist at all all mm -hmm. it's that soul's powering the human body not the human body powers the soul so that communication link is between the soul and the human mind and that's what the intuition comes from so now when it comes to fathers now i, I look we just celebrated mother's day right just last month and you've got all these women listening and i don't want them throwing eggs at me so i'm glad this isn't a live <laughs> event all right, I'm not gonna burst their bubbles, but it is not genetic, it is not biological. So, and the proof of that, and I'll go into just momentarily, the reason why we thought that is because Sigmund Freud and many psychiatrists at the advent of psychiatry, the science of psychiatry and psychology, started doing research on the connections uh, between humans and people and humans and their offspring. And at first he started that because he was interested in watching the animal kingdom and seeing how the animal kingdom, the females in the animal kingdom knew exactly what they needed to do with their, their offspring in order to keep them alive. And now they were looking at humans doing that. But there was a difference between humans and, and animals because humans can communicate, obviously, something different. They had more resources they were more intellectual. So he continued to study that and then coined the understanding of there must be some hidden communication that's going on and it must be between mothers and their children because mothers know um, what is wrong with their children. <laughs> Matter of fact, the whole reason why women have that intuition which is strong is because they are the ones that are bearing children. 
So they yeah. need to have that intuition. They need to have that internal communication going on in order to help raise that child. Now, that doesn't mean that fathers don't. And it is a developed listening sense. It is not a biological one, like I was saying. And scientific research and proof of that is adoptive mothers. Mothers who have adopted children have the exact and developed the exact same connection and intuitive sense with their child or children, that biological one. So that absolutely put a kibosh on the understanding that this must be genetic, a genetic because because that child was carried in the mother's womb. No, mm -hmm. not true at all. Now, here's what's interesting about that continued research in science. Gay fathers who adopt, who marry and adopt children. Well, guess what? They develop the exact same connection oh, wow. because of that love. Because now, now, why did it come out more in mothers than it did in fathers? Well, look socially how we, you know, evolved as a human race. What did the man do in the house? What did the father do? He went to work. He went right. outside of the house. The woman always stayed home. They took care of the children. They took care of the neighbors and each other in the community. If anybody was sick or they needed, you know, something at school, the mothers would be there listening all the time. And women tend to listen to that internal voice because they're closer. They're more right brain. And in the right brain are the emotions, the intuition, the nurturing aspect and the creative aspect of every human. And the left brain is the intellectual aspect. So women automatically listen to that internal voice while men were off at work or earlier on, they were out hunting and gathering food to bring home and taking care of building huts and all of those things. So they weren't required to listen for the children the same way the women were. Okay. It didn't mean that daddy didn't get a message because whether they're in school, whether they grow up, whether they move out of the house, that connection is still there. So what winds up happening is, OK, something's going on with the kid, maybe in school. Right. And mom turns around and goes, hmm. I'm just getting a feeling something's going on with our son. Let me see. Um, maybe I should call up the school or and then soon the phone rings or something like that. Now, dad could be getting the same feeling, too. And all of a sudden he starts thinking about his son. Hmm, why am I thinking about my son? But what he'll do instead is the intellect on a male kicks in real quick and says, oh, he's OK. Oh, he's in school. They'll take care of him. Or oh, mom will yeah, his mother will just yeah, take care of his needs. I got to finish up work. Mm. And so they've actually over time, they don't develop that connection as strongly as the mothers do. And that continues throughout the course of their lives. It doesn't mean that you can't develop it, and it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's just that they haven't gotten used to using it or listening to that internal voice, right? Mm -hmm. They get mm -hmm. it all the time. And the other thing is we call it mother's intuition. We call it intuition. 
It's psychic. It's a gut feeling. It doesn't matter what you want to call it, but it's the exact same thing because it comes in on everybody, including myself as a practicing psychic medium in the same place in my gut. Mm -hmm. I have to define that. So that's where it all lies. And that's how it began. So it's like fathers have gotten a bad rap over the years. <laughs> and it's actually important now, Mary Jo. And um, I don't know if we're going there or not, but it's it's a really important concept for all to understand because there's there always seems to be this wedge or this difference. You know, think about this for a moment about a daddy. You know, a daddy and his little girl or daddy and his his boy that he's out playing with. And everybody keeps talking about the mother's connection to the child, the mother's connection to the child. Somehow, some way, doesn't that do something to begin to separate or to put that wedge between a father and his child? Yeah, because Absolutely. Because he has to think about the mother mm -hmm. and and their their special connection. And and here in history, if there was a divorce or a separation, who was usually awarded or who did the children mostly stay with? The moms, right. That's right. The moms. And this has caused a problem in our society today because what do the fathers tend to do, which is one of the reasons why the mothers are awarded the children. What do the fathers tend to do? Don't they tend to separate themselves? Don't they tend? Don't you always hear the stories about how the father abandoned the children and everything mm -hmm. just left? Mm -hmm. Well, yes. that's a male's issue. No male has an easy time taking care of and handling his emotions. And so... What do they do? What's a woman's complaint about a man's emotions? He, he does. He's not in tune with them. You don't share. You don't talk. You don't communicate. Right. Well, that's what men do. They jump into their left brains and they put up a wall between their left brains and their right brains. And so that way they don't feel those emotions. But unfortunately, when they put that wedge there, they also put the wedge between their left brains and their intuition. And so now all they're dealing with is what they're thinking, even though thinking causes feelings and they think they're not feeling the feelings are there. Right. right? And so now a father who was so close to his or her child is now separated from that child, maybe right. get to see them every other weekend at McDonald's. So that way, you know, everything is hunky dory, doesn't want to reprimand them or correct them because then they they might leave him. They might want not want to see him again. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for him to shut down his emotions. Right. For them Absolutely. to shut down the pain. And that's mm -hmm. why most men run. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea about father's intuition and connection is a vital understanding to change the absolute connection between fathers and their children so that they know they're just as special. Why do you think we created these holidays? Mm -hmm. They were inspired not by Hallmark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were inspired by the soul's. Uh, we've forgotten so much in life, Mary Jo, about who we are. 
that we actually wind up creating these things without knowing that we're creating them and what and the real reason why we're creating them. But we created the celebration of Mother's Day and Father's Day, not just to honor the physical mother and the physical father, but the divine masculine and the divine feminine that resides in all of us. And that is the whole purpose of the celebration. So when I talk about it, it's not just, and when Father's Day or Mother's Day comes up, it's not just a matter of getting that biological or adoptive parent, you know, a wonderful card to say, thank you, thank you for raising me, right? It's also to acknowledge what's inside of each and every one of us. Even those who don't have parents or their parents have passed on, that parent is still there. And the and the masculine and feminine and the father and the mother is still within us because we're still all connected. So it's so vital and important to celebrate it the right way, with the right understanding, with the right meaning and realize that we are all in tuned and we are. And love is what makes that connection. Right. Yes. I'm not going to take away the fact that biologically the woman carried that baby and she mm-hmm. would lay down her life for that baby. Um, but the the interesting reason why you hear that more than than a father idea of laying down its life for a baby, even though he would, is very psychological anomaly that has gone on in our society, but it wasn't that way in the beginning. But you know, I even forgot what your question was. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I do. I do have one question that kind of goes along with that a little bit for yeah. anybody. Is how how can we sort of develop that intuition, that feeling, that trusting our gut a little bit better? How, how can uh, anybody do that? I love that you ask that question because whether you want to be a better father with and have more intuition or a greater mom with her intuition or whether you want to be able to get guidance, receive guidance from your own internal guidance system, um, or if you want to be a psychic medium, you all have to do the exact same thing. See, we all have one channel, Mary Jo. One channel, uh, you may see that or hear that in books and, and television movies or movies as an umbilical cord that connects us, you know, to the soul and to the other dimensions, um, a tunnel. But it is a, just a channel, just to make it simple and clear, just like think of a doorway. And that channel and doorway resides, believe it or not, in our hearts or heart area. A matter of fact, There is a science out there called heart math, which is studying the energy of the heart because of some new scientific evidence over the past several decades that has arisen that is an understanding that the heart has its own energy and possibly its own mind. And that mind actually is the soul's mind. And that energy connects us to each other and affects each other and affects the earth. They actually have scientific proof of that. I'll share that in a moment. So that channel resides in your heart. 
And the interesting thing is we feel most of our emotions in our heart, right? Well, even anger, you can feel in your heart. Your heart starts palpitating and it's not just physical, but you can, 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 oh, you can actually attain a heart attack, cause a heart attack from anger, heartbreak, love, mm-hmm. joy. It's all felt in the heart. Anxiety, it's all mm-hmm. felt in the heart. The heart right. gets involved in everything because it's its own mind. Mm-hmm. So that's the place we have to start to open up that channel and open up and have a greater intuition. And the way we do that is by clearing the issues of our mind that affects our heart, all those negative feelings, beliefs. Whenever I'm teaching a course on improving or developing your psychic or intuitive sense or mediumship, I have people do all that personal work in order to clear that channel. Because when you remove the negative, the channel opens. When you add the positive, the channel opens. When you have anything negative, the channel closes. So that is one of the best ways to start is by removing the issues of the heart. The second and most vital and important process is to listen. Oh my gosh, we do not listen. We don't listen to people, no less. We don't listen to ourselves and that inner voice that is constantly talking to us, always trying to guide us, always trying to warn us, always trying to tell us the better thing to do. And we constantly use that darn intellect that is supposed to be one of our gifts, we use it against us by talking ourselves out of things, talking ourselves out of that inner voice. Ralph Waldo Emerson was a very famous philosopher and he wrote essays. And one essay that everybody should read of what Ralph Waldo Emerson is called Self-Reliance. And it's about honoring your inner voice. And it's okay if you make mistakes. So all we have to do, Mary Jo, is listen to that inner voice. Everybody does. Honor yourself. Take care of your issues. Honor what you hear coming in. It could be a knowing. It could be your own voice. It could be an outside voice. It could be a a smelling, a sensing. It doesn't matter. Pay attention to it. And that's how you begin to develop it. And, And it's one of the best ways or both of the best ways. That's so, perfect. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's that's so helpful. I think I think it's a really great way to think about like like you said, opening that channel, opening that that uh, that that way to receive it. It's like a highway into your heart kind of, right? Oh, absolutely. That's the most important thing. And you will get your sense just like when you walk into a room of a party and you can sense somebody's negative energy. Go, Oh, God, that guy or that girl. Oh, my God. What's wrong with them? It's the exact same thing. You're listening to it. You're getting the sense it's going in the same place. So use that and develop that. And you will have great connections, not only with your children, with yourself, but with the world and everybody else. Oh, thank you. That's that's so helpful, Vincent. Thank you so much. Um, before I let you go, tell us how do we find you and uh, how can people learn more about you? Well, the best way to get me is just go to my website at vincentjenna.com, and that's with a G-E-N-N-A, and you can connect with me. You can see all my media interviews and television shows that I've done. There's a plethora of information on there. It'll also direct you to my radio show. Well, I'm a host. It's not my show. It's Unity Online Radio that I'm a host of on Wednesdays at noon. So just go to my site, register there, and you can see all the, the information about me. 
Perfect. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much for joining Teaching Your Toddler today. We really appreciate talking to you, and uh, I hope that people will find out more about you and, and hear all your amazing skills. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Mary Jo. If it wasn't for people like you, I would never, my word wouldn't get out into the world. So thank you. Absolutely. Bye now. Bye-bye. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at www.teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.